Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. We got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie. Healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out thelols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists, lively and sure crowd pleasers, thelols.ie. So joining us tonight is Diane O'Hora, who was once a top star in ladies football, and now we'll call her an expert in the game, while our guest is Cork dual star Hannah Looney, who is a top star in both codes. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, So for anyone, and I'm sure there are very few of you out there that don't know who Diane O'Hora is, she captained Mayo to an All-Ireland back in 1999, scored a decisive goal against Dublin in the 2003 final and won an All-Star. She's also managed Longford and Meath and coached Down. And now she's managing Dublin club team, Fingalians. So I just want to start with you, Diane, for a second. Was it a natural transition for you going from player to manager? Was it something that you wanted to do? Um, I suppose I would have talked about it before with a few different people. I, I think that when you've invested, I think the ESI um, survey came out and said that guys are, um, it was based on men's football, that they're spending up to 38 hours a, a week um, involved in football. And, you know, like when you're playing inter-county and you're travelling to Mayo from Dublin or whatever, it was pretty much the same time. So I think when you lose that, when you stop playing and, and that, you know, there's 40 hours out of your life that was committed to uh, being around football and involved in it. Um, I think it ends up being a void that you're probably looking to fill. And where there wasn't something else that really took my interest, it was actually probably a natural transition when I was first asked to take um, St. Bridget's Senior Club in uh, Roscommon. So um, in terms of it being natural, um, I I wasn't sure if I was if I was going to do it or not. I think it's a confidence issue. Um, and, and then I just took a chance. I, I, I kind of thought to myself, well, if they want me, then they see something that I might be able to add or I might add value in somewhat what they're trying to achieve by, by winning Roscommon Senior Championship. So, yeah, I took a chance and I went for it and it worked out very well, actually. The game has revolved so much since you played it. Can you believe how popular it is now? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. I think we had about 30,000 um, as attendance and that was like the biggest that they'd mm. had for years. And that was 2003. It was Mayo versus Dublin. And they'd never had such a big attendance, and I remember what that was like. So, you know, to 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 know what Hannah ran out onto the field with fifty thousand people and forty six last year, it's God, such like it's a credit to them, I think, to where the sport is at now, and obviously to all the agencies involved in creating a lot of buzz around it and the sponsors, like with you know, regards to Little and Gourmet Food Part, it's huge amount of effort put in, um, with with all local communities clubs counties and the LGFA to, to get those people there. So it's, it's unbelievable, you know, how popular it's become. It's right, a great place to be. All right, we're going to just have a look back at our recent All-Ireland finals. And we'll start with Camogie first and uh, we'll hand that over to you, Hannah. The junior Dublin defeated Kerry in the intermediate Cork overcame down. And then congratulations to yourself and Cork on claiming the senior title by defeating your old rivals, Kilkenny. I suppose for a lot of people, the three teams that most picked one, but your game against Kilkenny was always going to be tight. Yeah, look, it was a phenomenal win in the end. You know, ourselves and Kilkenny, there's never been anything between us. 
like coming past a couple of years or whatever. And like, look, last year was a point. This year was a point again. Uh, you know, when Orla Cotter stood over last free in the dying moment, I actually no, I don't know that anyone even look at it and just to hear the roar of the crowd when it's over the bar. Uh, look, I'll never forget that feeling. And you know, when Ashley Thompson like got a vital interception there and in the last few minutes or whatever, look, it was just unbelievable to go back and do the double. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it must have been amazing, and especially when games are so... See, it's great for us viewers and for supporters when games are tight and you've got action, but as a player, how are you feeling out there? Yeah, look, it wasn't, I'm not used to being in the back line. It was a, a new thing for me this year mm. to be pushed in the back line, so it was kind of... It felt like extra pressure because, like, any mistakes back there and, you know, we were up against the wall. I honestly couldn't look. Um, you know, you're just adrenaline running through your, your veins and whatever... And I'd actually never forget, like, when Ashling, uh got that free at the end. I actually threw my hurley away. I thought it was the final whistle, but it wasn't. Um, so, like, you know, your tension, you're up the walls, hard in your mouth. I'd say it was even harder to watch from a car's point of view, but oh, it's just unbelievable when the final whistle then did go. Yeah, because to win All-Ireland are special, but to win it in that way, and, you know, especially the way you won it last year as well, it seems to be an annual thing now, the way these finals are won. Yeah, look, it was super sweet, but look, we won't get ahead of ourselves in one sense. You know, 2016, we were coming back and going for three in a row, and, you know, we made a lot of mistakes that year. And uh, I think hopefully, you know, it's early days, yes, we're going to enjoy the winter as such. We'll winter well, no doubt. But um, when we come back in January or December or whatever, hopefully everyone will stay on and make a right go at this three in a row. Uh, Kilkenny will definitely be hurting. Um, So, you know, hopefully, though. Diane, we'll turn our focus to the football. In the junior, Limerick goals win games and they beat Loud, which I thought Loud were actually going to win it. Tyrone overcame your former county Mead in the intermediate final and then Dublin retained their senior status, or sorry, retained their senior title by defeating Cork. Hard luck there, Hannah. Um, Diane, I suppose for most, everyone was looking at the Dublin-Cork game and could Cork stop Dublin, they've been a phenomenal team the last 12 months and they've just proved it again. Yeah, I mean, what a game to watch like from a spectator's point of view. Um, I suppose I was just thinking about it earlier. I'm I'm glad I wasn't a player because um, I wouldn't want to be up against the physicality of Dublin right now. Um, you know, God, they're incredible. Like what they bring to it in, in power, um, in tempo. Um, I guess I've never seen anything like it, to be quite honest, and it shows that they've really transformed. I suppose they're dictating the way that ladies' football is going to be played now because, you know, in terms of looking at the uh, the advantage rule, um, uh, you know, it was it was very, very, very... It was very physical, really. And, you know, I suppose from, from a coach myself, there's a few things that... It's probably tricky to know how to coach a team nowadays because I don't really know... You know, I don't really know what the the boundaries are in terms of um, the rules, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, because that game was was just, you know, it was so physical. Those shoulders going in, those hits going in, uh, stuff that I hadn't seen like for a long time in ladies football. Like, and it was it was amazing to watch. Obviously, it was fantastic. But then, you know, if I go back to the Tyrone Mead game, that was so start, that was so full of flow. It was, you know, I'm not I'm not discounting skill in in terms of the Dublin and Cork game, but there's a difference. There's a complete a world of difference in terms of the physicality 
required to play senior. That's for sure. And I think that, you know, Tyrone, after the experience they got last year losing to Tipperary, I think they're in a position, same as Meath would be, knowing that physicality is going to be a big requirement. I suppose, Hannah, you know, Diane mentioned that the physicality. How did you feel? Did you feel a difference in playing Dublin this year? Um, yeah, like, look, physicality, I suppose, is something that has, has really, really taken off in the game. You know, the amount of hours that we've put into strength and conditioning this year is phenomenal. Like, it's nearly as much as you're putting out onto the pitch. Um, yeah, look, Dublin, they were a phenomenal team. Uh, they were the better team on the day. Uh, they really brought them up another level, another physical level than what we what we're used to. But, you know, there's a lot to learn from it in many cases, too. Well, see, that's it. They always say, learn from your defeats. So, another thing that happened recently was the All-Star nominations. Not surprisingly, Dublin, of course, lead the way with 14 nominations. You know, I'm going to start with Diane first. Diane, is there anyone or any questionable uh, inclusions or omissions from the nominations? Um, I suppose, and it's not biased, but, um, you know, Snake Finnegan being, being one of the girls out in St. Gallians, um, I, I was really surprised not to see her there. Um, I know she'd missed a couple of league games, but I guess if the league came into it, then Mayo would have, you know, three or four more nominations. And I suppose that's me being biased, but that's probably the truth as well. So in terms of championship, I suppose looking at Dublin with 14, I was really surprised not to see Sinead Finnegan there with how she performed in the final. And, you know, I know, I know three girl, I know two girls that actually only played two games all year and another girl only played one game and both of those got all starts historically. So, I mean, Sinead had played very well for a few games. Um, I think looking at Donegal, like the fact that they got eight was probably a bit surprising. Mm. Um, and then you're looking at Mayo, like in the league final, they just get one. And that's the same as, you know, Sligo, Tyrone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I suppose, um, yeah, there's just there's an imbalance there. And, you know, I think there are questions, I think, raised every year as to maybe intermediates should have, have their own all-stars and the same with the juniors. Yeah, I was actually going to say that to you. And um, I'll bring Hannah in on that in a second. Hannah, is there anyone for you that you thought should have, obviously Hannah Looney probably deserved to be nominated, but is there anyone that you think should have been, should be there? Um, to be honest, I haven't looked much into them um, myself, but, you know, I do feel all the Cork girls that got the, got, got the nod definitely deserve to be there. Um, I think especially Melissa Duggan, I think she's had an outstanding year. Um, to be honest, I think she was the only one who kept uh, Noel Healy somewhat quiet this yeah. year. So, uh, like I'd be, I'd be hoping that she definitely get an All Star if not being up for Player of the Year. Um, other than that, I haven't looked much into it now. To be honest. Yeah. yeah, and I think if I, if like even if you look back and we spoke about this a long time ago, you know the Kellys, like Neve and Grace Kelly from a male perspective, were just incredible this year. Sarah wrote the same thing, and I mean it was fantastic to see Rachel Curran's get her nomination, and to be and Rachel like um, you know she played in she played in goals for some games this year. And she played in about three to four other positions outfield. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to know, like, you know, where, where these are picked. But I think every year there's always going to be people that feel that, you know, their county was hard done by uh, to an extent. Yeah, it's the same in the men's. But, Diane, you were going to uh, bring in something, and it was something I was going to ask both of you. The fairness, the fairness of the All-Stars. And so many managers have said it to me after games and championship games where you see some fantastic footballers, like even from my own county, uh, Leanne Keegan, Michelle Farrell, 
fantastic footballers uh, because they play for Longford and Longford are junior, you know, or intermediate. Uh, Longford were junior and then intermediate they mightn't get the recognition in the hurling they have awards for the respective competitions like um, the Nicky Racker the Laurie Mayer and lads feel that yeah this is an all-star it's their all-star do you think something like that should be brought in that an award for the respective competitions like junior intermediate and senior yeah I genuinely do Um, you know 100% I mean if you look at the team of the league it's for all divisions of the league. Mm. So, um, you know, the input comes from the managers. So, for example, Division 1, 2, 3 and 4, the managers after their, after each game, they text LGFA in the next day or whatever to say the number of the players that, uh, the name, a number of the players that, you know, that they would propose would be in the running for a team of the league. You know, it's, it's quite like a league all-star. Um, I mean, why they can't do that? It's not really, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to do that for the three divisions junior, intermediate and senior and I think it would create even more of a buzz you know, around the communities and the clubs and the localities and the schools for those girls. There would be more players getting recognition, there would be more players receiving awards. I mean anything like that is absolute free advertisement and you'll also have girls that would buy into ladies football forever you know, if they're given that level of I suppose recognition to what they've achieved and it's just, it's inspiring for people as well to you know, to up your game. If you get one at junior and then your team get promoted to intermediate, you'd really like to see yourself competing at that level against your peers inside and intermediate, um, you know, to try and push yourself on that, you know, individual, I suppose, success as well. So I, I really believe that it would be in the best interest of the LGFA if they were to look at that. But, you know, again, I'm just a spectator from the outside looking in. <laughs> yeah, but you manage teams that were in the, in the lower grades. Hannah, what do you think yourself? Yeah, no, I definitely think, look, there's there's no difference between senior, intermediate and junior. You know, I think any team that will come up from intermediate will find it a big step to, to get up to senior. So I do think they should be kept separate in, in that respect. Uh, I think the Camogie do it well, actually. Yeah. They have a kind of a, a soaring stars kind of a, yeah. a system where they give about five or six uh, intermediate players or junior players that's put out during the year. And so, yeah, I do, I do think that should be looked into. Right, um, last week, 11 girls went off to Australia for a rookie camp for the AFWL. Now, today, it was word that Ailish Constein from Clare was signed up. So, what do you think of these rookie camp girls? We'll start with you, um, Hannah. If you had a chance, would you go out to Australia and give um, football, Aussie, football, Aussie rules football a chance? Um, yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity, and I'd say the girls had a great time, you know, to experience uh, sport at a professional level. Look, that's, that's an amazing opportunity to take on board. Um, I think on a personal note, it's definitely something I'd consider, but uh, right now I'm trying to focus on my career. Um, I suppose I'm in final year of college uh, studying chemical engineering, um, up the walls at the moment with interviews and whatnot. But, um, you know, if, it's, if an opportunity came in the future where you know, I was asked to go for trials or if I was asked to, to to go on, there was an opportunity, I definitely would uh, consider it, you know, to, to feel what it's like to play a professional sport, I suppose. That's probably it. I think it's just to, to get to know what, what it would be like. Diane, if you could um, do something like that, would you do it? What do you think of it? I'd say now, Denise, at my age, even handling the flight across now would be enough. And <laughs> 
the the um, the notion that there's a lot more and bigger spiders over there is something that really wouldn't attract me. Um, but as Hannah what? Say, Diana Hoare is afraid of spiders. Wow. Yeah, I don't like them, Denise. I genuinely don't. Really, I don't. <laughs> um, but as Hannah was saying there, like, to get the chance, I mean, you know, you'd have heard Cora talk about it, um, you know, in different um, interviews that she did all year. Like, to get the chance to go over there, like, and you'll probably know Laura Dunley as well, the girl at Cavan that she's been over there a couple of years, and she was a county player with Cavan as well. There seems to be a very good crossover and ability to cross over from Gaelic football to AFL. And, you know, they've been doing a lot of work for AFL in Ireland. They've been advertising a lot. They've had they have a bunch of different teams. They have, um, like, weekend camps. And to, you know, attract the 12 girls that they have, you know, they've spent time inviting them to trials and kind of honing in on them. And they're clearly interested. But, like, I guess, as Hannah said, imagine just being over there, like, you know, full time. You know, whatever about the ESRI, 38 hours, that is a full a full week's work, like, in terms of dedication and commitment to sport. But imagine the opportunity of being able to train full-time. It's fantastic. And the best part is they get to come back in March and they're going to be in the shape of their lives, you know, by most come back to compete with their county, you know, moving forward to championships. So it's such an opportunity for them. See, I can see a lot more a lot more going over. And the thing about it is, the girls that have been over there, maybe they could bring back something that they learned over there to their counties. Um, that would help them along. Yeah, like the professionalism in Australia. I mean, most of the clinical studies and data, are, you know, in terms of health and fitness, it's all coming from Australia. They're so big into it um, from a research and science point of view that I guess what the players will learn and what they'll bring here and disseminate to players that they coach or train and get a football, you know, afterwards, it's just going to be massive. I mean, going back years ago, everyone would have just gone over to New York for a summer and played a bit of football and worked in a pub or a restaurant or whatever the case might be. And yeah, now there's a different option. There's, I think New York are going to, and Boston are going to find there's some competition for um, for getting over the Irish girls to play football for summer. Yeah, maybe this is the new thing that uh, the men are going to America and the ladies are going to go down under. Yeah, it looks like that could be what's happening. All right. Right. So, Hannah, it's now time to grill you. So you better be ready. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll start, I suppose, mixed emotions for you in the last few weeks on the high of winning the All-Ireland senior title in Camogie and then you lost out to Dublin in the football final. Um, you know, how does it feel? You know, I suppose you're in a high one moment and then you're kind of brought back down to earth. Yeah, look, to be honest, it's, it's just been a total bag of emotions. Like, it's like you're in a a bubble as such for the last couple of weeks and next thing it's popped and you know it's grand for the few days after when you're with all the girls still and you know you're just not really thinking about the match but then when it kind of hits that like look it's over you lost um it's over you lost and like all the all the girls are just like getting back to normal I'm trying to get back to college trying to trying to get life back on track it's it's very hard in that sense um but, you know, you're just trying to appreciate the Camogie win, like the Camogie win was fab, but it's going to be hard to hard to even think about football at the moment. You know, I think everyone's still really, really hurting over that. Uh, just a real whirlwind of emotions and, you know, just trying to get back on track now. Um, so, Hannah, you know, in terms of, like, coming out on the field um, for, we say, the football final um, and comparing that to... And the level of support that was there for the Camogie. Did you find any significant differences in terms of your ability to handle communication on the pitch? Um, I suppose, like, any bit of crowd in Crow Park, um, it's 
it's going to be it's going to be phenomenal. You know, there's going to be uh, uh, such an atmosphere there. But you know, it's funny. Uh, like in the Camogie, you have a huge crowd there on one side, but if you go over to the other side of the pitch at all, it's a really really lonely place. Like there's there's no one there. I, you know, I found myself in the second half. I just thought it was me on my own or whatever. Yeah. So I was over on that side. As for the football, then you know, it was just crazy, just absolutely crazy. You know. Uh, the match just goes by like a like a blur, um, you know, and it is it is definitely difficult to communicate uh, and stuff like that. But you know, it's something you kind of you have to get used to for the big days. Yeah. Congratulations on your recent success with your club. I had that you are now going to be playing senior football next year after winning the intermediate, and that's two championships in a row as well for the club. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I actually can't get over it. You know. Uh, it's something I never even, you know, you dream of, you dream of going to Crow Park, you dream of playing for Cork, you dream of winning All-Ireland, but winning with my club was never really something that I ever even dreamed about because I suppose up to only a couple of years ago, we were struggling at Junior C, um, and now to be up to be playing senior football next year, uh, I can't believe it, and winning the Junior A All-Ireland uh, last year, that was super, super special as well, bringing the cup home to your home Paris, like... Uh, and all these people you grew up with, and, you know, to have a big win like that. Uh, hopefully we can take on that, you know, and bring it into this uh, Munster series now. It's not going to be easier up another level, but, you know, who knows? You know your success there. How much time then, as an inter-county Camogie and Gaelic football player, how much time are you able to give to your club? You know, Yeah, look, that's, that's the really hard thing about playing uh, Camogie and football with your county. You know, your club really, really does suffer in uh during the during the summer. To be honest with you, you know, I played maybe uh I got one football championship match in and I got one camogie championship match in. Uh and other than that, you know, you're just you you just weren't able to fulfil the fixtures, you know, you can't be you can't be in two places at one time. Um but thankfully, look especially with our football our club, you know, everyone was just so understanding. Killa Camogie, really, really understanding. And, you know, it just, it does, I suppose, in one sense, uh, I suppose I felt it this year in Camogie, uh, more so than football. You know, it just kind of, uh, on the Killa Camogie, we have three or four inter-county players. And, you know, we didn't see our club for most of the summer. And, you know, that's not true, no fault of our own. Like, just yeah. physically, physically can't put it in. And, you know, we lost club championship there last weekend. And you'd wonder, you know, if, if you just had more time with your club, uh, you know, would we get it right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually sure they understand, Hannah. Like, I mean, I've coached club, um, you know, as well, and I understand that the girls with county commitments. I mean, it's so important. Like from a from a coach's point of view and from a welfare point of view, you can't expect too much of them, and you can't ask too much of them. Like, you have to respect the, what they're doing in county. It means they're going to come to you, you know, able-bodied, fresh, uh, strong. They're going to come to you trained with the best coaches in the county. So. I suppose it's just I know myself from talking to county players they feel more guilt you know towards it yeah but there's such there is such great understanding I think within the clubs people don't expect you to you know split yourself in 12 like you know yeah Yeah, I suppose uh, that's exactly it and you know uh, Mary O'Connor came down to speak to us there uh, before before our championship match and you know she made a made a really good point about like how you know, we're all here. We all have our own Everest. You saying, you know, club players. That's some people. That's their goal. You know, I obviously have a goal to play with county, but when we bring it back to club, that you know, you need to 
the club players need to respect the county players and the county players need to respect the club players and you know it is like I'm really really grateful for for being involved in such two great clubs and you know uh, thank them so much for their support you know without it you wouldn't you wouldn't be here I know it's a cliche but club is where it starts and, and where it ends and you know I'm lucky now that I do have the time like I can give my full commitment to I had a ladies football now and I'm just really really looking forward to to hopefully pursuing a monster championship you're an amazing person when you think of it because as well as playing club and county and dual star in both as well, you're also in college, you were mentioning your final year. Is is college a break from sport or is sport a break from college? Um, yeah, I suppose um, I'm studying chemical engineering. Um, I suppose growing up, you know, kind of people are like, oh, you know, because I'm such a heavily involved in sport, they're mm. like, oh, you're going to be a PE teacher or going to do physio or something like that, but you know, that was always a goal of mine was to uh, pursue something else just to have that break. And uh, look, I'm lucky to be doing a course that uh, I really enjoy. Um, but finally, by no means, I'm only back three weeks and I'm off the walls. But uh, look, hopefully, uh, get through the year and uh, looking to secure a graduate job then. I know, fair play to you. I, you know, even I'm playing a bit of Gaelic for mothers and others, and I'm finding it so hard, you know, to try and, we only train once a week, but work and everything, so I admire anyone to play one sport or, or and then play for the county, but for you to do two and for club and county, you know, great credit to you. Thanks, Amelia. No, I appreciate it. Look, you know, it's just, it's what I love. Uh, you know, I, it's always been the dream to play football and come over your car, so when you just love something so much and you so, so many great people around you. That's, I think that's the that's the most important thing. I think, you know, I have such a great family, such great friends and such great clubmates and uh, makes everything enjoyable and makes everything worth it. And in terms of um, motivation? On a personal level, I suppose when I go back to when I was maybe, you know, I suppose I started playing football in Camogie when I was four or five, but uh, I suppose when you're maybe 10 or 11, it kind of, 11, it kind of becomes something that you're, you know, you're serious about and like, when I was 11, I had a dream, you know, I wanted to go to Pro Park, I wanted to climb up the Hogan stand, and uh, for that to come true, like, you put in so much hard work to get there, but for that to come true, it's it's really, really special. Uh, I suppose I'm just having such great role models growing up, you know, Reed, Rena, like, I just can't get over what phenomenal, phenomenal athletes they are first, but what great, great people they are, and I suppose another thing is my father and my mother and your family and my brother Kane, I better give him a shout out. Uh, you know, it's just like when they when they put so much time into you. You know, it's just so nice to give back and in that sense. So you've climbed the you've climbed the steps now. So is that it? You're done. Sorry. <laughs> you've climbed you've climbed the steps of Crow, Crow Park now. So is that it? Your your motivation's uh, gone. No, not at all. I think <laughs> I'm just hurting hurting a lot now over the football. To be honest, and and rightly so. Uh, I think you know, but there's something there's something special about that bunch. I think there's there's a great bunch of girls. You know. I suppose even just looking like myself, Emer Meany, Emer Scally, we've been playing on Cork team since we were 13 and, you know, we're finally up here at, at the senior stage and, like, mixing in then with experience of your, like, Sakura O'Sullivan and Martino O'Brien, you know, it, yeah. it's not easy. It's it's not going to be easy to take down the dubs anytime soon, but uh, there's something there's something special there and hopefully if we can just get it right, get it right uh, you know, there'll be more success uh, to come for that team. Evie Fitzgerald is your Cork um, football manager and Polly Murray, the Camogie manager. What are they like as managers? Are they similar or are they very different? Um, very, very different, I'd have to say that now. Um, 
look, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my, it wasn't on my agenda at all to be playing Cork football this year. Um, I got a call from EC in around May asking me to come back to the panel, and you know, look, I was like, I considered it, but you know, when you think mm. of all, all I ever want to do is be a dual player, so I said. Uh, I definitely go for it and once I ran that by Paddy and to be fair to the two lads they really communicated well over the year you know myself and Libby were never ever overtrained you know we were always looked after and uh, it worked well in the end you know a lot of people are saying you can't do you you can't do you yeah. but I think when there's good communication there and you know yourself what where you need to be what's the most important thing um, it can work out yeah, because I remember talking to James Masters a while ago on our GA Old School and he was just telling us how the Cork ladies, how they were dealing with the ladies playing camogie for college and obviously Gaelic football for college and how they got on together. I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? You're all working together and you all know what you're doing. Yeah, that's it. Like I'll never forget the support the, the ladies footballers had for me and Livy going up to the All-Ireland final. Like It's phenomenal, mm. you know. It's just that everyone's just backing each other and like that's it at the end of the day we're all backing each other for the same goal uh, and that's it there's respect there for Camogie there's respect there for football and as long as everyone's like in the right mentality and, and moving in the right direction you know uh, it works out well and Hannah will you play both codes for the college as well this um, this year yeah definitely um, look, and in I, your final year yeah look to be honest you know well, after Ashburn and O'Connor O'Connor Cup medal is something that I've been chasing a long time now. Um, so yeah, definitely will. It'll be it'll be tough now at the final year, and I'll just have to. I will have to manage my priorities uh, big time. Uh, will your camogie and football like between, you know, um, both like county managers? Will they communicate with your college managers as well? Then, you know, um, what you're doing, what's expected of you? Are you doing too much? Yeah, I think uh, I suppose in a respect, uh, in a way that was kind of that didn't work out great uh, last year. It just look miscommunication at the start of the year and whatever, and it just yeah, it didn't it didn't work out for a few a few of us players who were trying to play both. But I think you know I think this year you just have to you have to like think put yourself forward in one sense and uh, you know look what's going to be important for me now coming into January and February will be the O'Connor Cup and the Aspirin. So, um, you know, I think if you just can get the communication out there at the start, we should be good to go. So, away from sport, do you have any time? Not even what do you do to relax? Do you have any time to relax? And and uh, how do you? Um, that's that's kind of it. <laughs> I suppose like you're a bit uh, like myself and Diane. Sport is a hobby and it's our life. Yeah, that's it. You know, you know. I suppose GA in many respects mm. I wouldn't be the person I am today at all without it. Um I don't know if that's a sad thing or a good thing, but you know we're It's a good thing. We are we're here now. Um like over the summer I was on placement in college, uh, down in Biomarina Pharma Company down in Rickskitty. So, you know, I had a grand old routine there, I got up, went to work, went to train, um, and that was it. And you're kind of I was out Saturday or Sunday doing something, but I suppose one thing I do like to do to relax, all right, would be uh, I'm very fond um, of the beach at home, you know, and just going out there for a walk with a dog or going for a swim or something like that is whenever I get the chance, it's nice to uh, take the mind off things. But it's 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 hard enough when you're busy out doing both. But look, yeah, it's what you love. That's why I suppose uh, 
now when all that that routine everything is popped mm. and you're just like oh god what's ahead of me now for the few months just trying to get the head in the right frame of mind again yeah because I was going to say that to you you know have you any plans for the winter months do you kind of relax you know kind of relax or do you keep yourself um in shape or I suppose study will probably be the main thing for you um away from the sport yeah I suppose I was hoping to relax and then I I went back to college and met all the girls and lads and they're like there's no relaxing here and I was like oh god but um guilt yeah. take away maybe yeah yeah like I you know hopefully it'll get go away on a holiday or two just to get the mind uh the mind free um but that's going to be hard as well and it's fair enough as well like uh you know there's a, a great opportunity there's a great opportunity with um i had it here to pursue an all-ireland well a monster first mm. so you know uh i'll get the focus get the focus on that in a way but you know it won't be as intense as in the county scene thank god and you know, go out, go out a bit more, socialise, winter well, as they say. Um, but yeah, just trying to un- rewind in, unwind in one sense. But um, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I think uh, from my understanding, a lot of a lot of players now really enjoy their their off peak, and they come to a point in the off peak where they're absolutely desperate to get back into the routine of county football again. So yeah. I don't know if that's something that that you know happens to you or not, but you know, I, I don't know if you've heard of people it happening to people, but I, I see it a lot, and I, I hear people saying, "I just can't wait to go back to county." Yeah, there's there's no fear of us down in Cork anyway, enjoying the winter. Um, <laughs> I suppose the Morn Abbey crowd, especially, I have to give them a shout out, even though they're kept quiet as well. You see, that's this the Morn Abbey crowd now will be kept quiet for uh, for a couple of months, so uh, not um, they'll let loose again come December. But uh, yeah, that's it. I think you know. You're on such a strict strict schedule for a couple of months, you know, it's it's nice it's nice in a way to just like break out of that. But as you said, it comes to a stage where you're like, I don't want to go out anymore on this Thursday night, I need to get back into routine, I need to get to get on board. But you know, I think we all we all deserve a bit of downtime too though. That's for sure. You were on the Ray Darcy show recently with uh, the Cork Camogie team and then the Dublin ladies team as well. It's great to see that level of publicity now for our games. Yeah, look, it's phenomenal. I suppose uh, a bit disappointed there wasn't just all red and white uh, on the radar yeah, that night. But uh, look, we'll get over that. Look, yeah, you know, I think the progress being made in in women's sport is it's just it's outstanding. Uh, you know, the sponsorships, the likes of Little uh, in the football, and you have uh, Liberty Insurance and stuff and Camogie. Um, just to be getting recognised at that knowledge. And it's nothing less that I think uh, female uh, athletes deserve. And, you know, like, it's great, you know, if you look at maybe like Ashley Thompson down here in Cork, uh, she'd be known from all the kids more than a, a Cork senior hurler would, for example. And, you know, that's, that's really, really good to see. Um, you know, we're going in the right dire- direction, hopefully. Um, I know it's only September, Hannah, but uh, you mentioned it earlier on about, you know, Cork and going for three in a row. But your footballers also, will you be out to stop Dublin doing their three in a row next year? Yeah, look, that's, that's going to be, you know, a huge, huge, huge challenge. Um, you know, I don't, I think, you know, the plan is for us to get together in a group, maybe in a couple of weeks and just throw things out on the table. Like, you know, a lot of, like, a lot of things went right for us in this year. You know, we did get the Munster title back. Uh, it was a great semi-final win, but 
you know, we just didn't have that extra extra gear for us, yeah. gear in us or whatever was needed to get over Dublin. And, you know, they're going to be a formidable force. If they have the right mind, you know, I from going back to 2016, uh, you need to have such a perfect mindset yeah. to go for a three in a row. It's very easy to take your foot off the pedal. Uh, but I don't, I don't fear that Dublin have no intention of putting their foot off the pedal. But um, as I said, you know, I think there is, there's great things happening in, in Cork football. I think there's just a great mix of girls coming through, you know, um, and there's just a good blend of experience. And, you know, we get on so, so well off the field. Uh, so hopefully, you know, that we need to bring it to another level uh, and we need to find out what that, what that extra level is. And, and that, that'll be it. Give and Hannah, just... Just one thing there that I, I'd like, just it'd be interesting to know is, do you find in your experience between playing league and Division One, and you know playing college football and then playing intercounty senior Gaelic football, do you find the spectrum of refereeing to be really unpredictable? Like in terms yeah. of, you know, you know, I've I've heard of teams that were sending, um, you know, that they were sending scouts out to watch different referees and report on them. These are county teams. And they actually write up a full report to say he lets you away with anything. You can go hard, you can shoulder, you can tackle from behind and so on. All of these different things that, that some county, senior county teams are doing this now. Yeah, exactly. Like that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I think, you know, especially, I suppose, Camogie, I didn't, I didn't look into it too much, but I heard there was a lot of backlash from the refing from the All Ireland final. And I suppose it wasn't true, true reception. I think refing, all year, uh, the game seemed to flow or whatever, but, you know, I think, I think the big problem, in my opinion, is, uh, at an inter-county level anyway, I think the game has gone so much more physical, girls are stronger, girls are faster, girls are faster, and I think the rules need to adapt a bit to, to facilitate that, you know. There's no need to be stopping the ball up for little shoulders or little things like that, you know, it's just going to ruin the game as acceptable in, in a whole, and I think that's half the problem. You've players, You've refere technically ladies football is no no contact. You've referees there that'll blow all day, you've referees that'll let everything go and you know, that it is something that has to be addressed. And do, you, do you train for that then as a as a team? Like do you train for, you know, maybe a call from the sideline or just a call from your colleagues or just someone? Because how do you know when all of a sudden this guy, you know, you the whistle's blown that you played a semi final and everyone's, you know, the whistle's been blown for a touch or a push in the back or a push or a foul or whatever. And then all of a sudden you go to a final and, you know, you're being shouldered off the ball. How do you adapt to that as a senior player? Yeah, it's like that, as you said, it's definitely something that has been, uh, that has been taken into consideration. I don't think we've, we don't go through a team meeting now without, uh, without assessing the ref on what his tendencies are and what, what to do. And, you know, it, it is, it can be frustrating. I think, you know, you, we, I suppose, in Camogie, we've had uh, a few meetings with sports psychologists and stuff, and you know, just focusing on uh, what's important now and focusing on things you can control. And I suppose that's the best thing you can do as a, as a player: just focus on on what you can control and focus on your own game. But um, it it is it can be frustrating uh, the unpredictability of wrestling these days. That, that's yeah, something I, that I, I that's something that I've noticed, girls, um, this year, and I found the standard. Because um, I would have done um, a lot of, you know, Division Three or or intermediate games, I found the standard has dipped as well in games. I don't know if you've noticed that, Diane, or you know, Hannah, you're playing at a higher level, but I know that um, lower down the standard has really dropped. Girls, 
would you be interested? I remember years ago thinking I wouldn't mind being a referee. And then I thought, no. Um, so would either of you be interested in doing refereeing ever? Um, I'd say not a hope in hell. <laughs> I'm just laughing here because uh, I'm I'm living with uh, a fellow, Sam, Sam Grace. He plays, uh, he plays hockey um, hockey there and he's playing with Ireland as well. But he was saying that uh, he he was dragged into refereeing their school game uh, uh, the other day and he said... Like he's he'll think twice about abusing a ref again after all the abuse he got after making a a call or whatever. But uh, God, no, it was the last thing in the world I'd want to put myself into. Um, which is is a bad thing in one sense that like I'd say a majority of people around the country would say not a hope, you know. Then you know it, you, maybe there should be a way to make it more appealing, you know, because the refing uh, standard is 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 a bit off. Yeah, and I think the yeah. fact is you have to have player people that play it. I know myself, even at local games here, you'd know the ones that have played football and know that, you know, that, you know, enthusiasm has, you know, brought you into a tackle or, you know, the weather conditions or different things like that. But they know that as a player, that's what happens, whereas some of them can be very, you know, whistle happy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's some players, there's some refs who are, used to wrestling men's games or yes. used to wrestling hurling games and you know I do like I do think most uh, inter-county refs at senior level that I've come across this year have been on the ball and said yeah. but coming back to club now uh, last weekend I noticed a huge difference I like I personally think like it took took the refs it took the refs maybe up to the second half to get a grip on the game you know we were two physical teams yeah, you know going at it mm. Uh, and you know we made bad calls on both decisions or on both teams. Um, so yeah, well, at least we were consistent. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. What's the ref like in Dublin, Diane? Or can you say it? Um, I I would say again, Denise, there's there's a broad spectrum. Like I I really I really think the need to tighten in um, in Dublin and and elsewhere in terms of what the you know, the perception is or the understanding or the interpretation of the rules because, God, you know, I feel sorry for players going out. I genuinely do because they just actually genuinely don't know what they're going to get. And because the spectrum is so broad between, you know, some who are very good and some who are just poor, you know, you're training these kids to play football and you want them to be enthusiastic and they go away frustrated, confused. Where did it all go wrong? And you're actually... You know, you don't want to turn around and make excuses and say it was the rest. But like, you know, you could have it on video. It actually was. It's just, I feel so sorry, you know, for people involved in their families and clubs and the same with counties because, God, you know, people's championships are over because of yes. decisions. Some of these guys, they have no concept of the responsibility that lies within their hands. Like they have no understanding of the hours that people have put in. Because they're getting 30 or 40 euro to turn it up long to a match. Is there too much responsibility though, Diane, with one person? Yeah, and they're getting paid. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're Mm. they're getting good expenses to turn up. I know somebody who's, well, you know, he he just told me that, like, he's doing, you know, up to 12 matches a week. Um, And, you know, that's, that's, that's great. But I would rather you do two and that you actually went back to read the rule book spent a little bit of time becoming a little bit more consistent, appraising yourself, assessing yourself and looking for feedback of the management and the players from the opposition team or whatever on whatever days, respective days that you, tra- you train. Because everyone, no matter if they're a coach or a referee, they, every day is a school day. 
you know, you have to try and improve yourself every single day, even if you're a player. There's, there's something you want to achieve at each session. And I just don't get how a rest can just come along, be absolutely awful, and not be answerable to anyone. Whereas, you know, if Hannah plays a poor game, Effie is going to take her in or, you know, she might be brought in by the Camogie manager, Park Murray, might be sat down and said, you know, Hannah, this is going wrong or that's going wrong. Have a look at this to improve. You know, a rest might get an assessor. And as you say, again, we really don't know the quality of the assessor mm. to begin with. You know, and I'm not being bad, but I'm just saying, like, there's only so much you can take, I think, being involved in the sport and the responsibility that these guys have. But yet, who are they really answerable to, you know, if you get me? We could do a whole podcast on this. Hannah, yeah. um, I just saw on your club's website or on your club's Twitter page, um, Sunday is uh, your Munster Club Championship game. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, very looking forward to it now. Um you know, it's it's totally different. It's it's really exciting, you know, when you get out of when you get out of your county uh with your club because you lit you literally don't have a clue what you're coming up against, you know, in, in many respects. And you know, it's it's a tough road. You have to play a quarter final, a semi final and a month and, and then obviously the Munster final. Uh you know, it's it's just there's always an excitement. There's such an excitement down in Ahada at the moment because, you know, even the fact you're you're going outside of course to play a club match and, you know, it's such it's such a big deal for our club and uh, I'm I really, really looking forward to it and uh, hopefully we can get the win and just keep keep her keep her going. Listen, best of luck for that. Listen, yeah, good luck, Hannah. Listen, thank you so much to Diana Hora and our guest, Hannah Looney. Listen, Hannah, I'm sure we'll be hearing lots more about you, hopefully in the next few weeks with your club and then obviously with um, college and then the county. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Sports Girls Podcast. Listen, the aim of this podcast is to help us promote women's sports and women in sport. So in particular, our native games, Gaelic football and camogie. So you can follow sportstalk.ie on Instagram and Twitter. So until next week, slow Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. We got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie, healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out thelols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists, lively and sure crowd pleasers, thelols.ie.